With Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson out with injury, CJ McCollum is almost the hero for the Pelicans. But despite the loss, there was a lineup that worked really well and shows off the depth and the fight the Pelicans have. Let's get into it in today's episode of Lockdown Pelicans. Let's go! You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Monday, day after the Pelicans lose to the Utah Jazz in overtime, 122-121, disappointing home opener for the Pelicans, but they fought in this one, they really really fought despite the odds kind of being stacked against him with some injuries to Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum and we're going to look at the lineup and CJ who is the hero in this one for New Orleans in the first part of today's show. And today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on that's prizepicks.com promo code locked on. We'll also get into the injuries. We have slight updates to the injuries to Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. Then I want to get into the rotations, which were a big topic on Twitter over the weekend. But let's start with this game. The odds were stacked against New Orleans. Brandon Ingram left with a head injury, evaluating him for possible concussion protocol, whatever it is that the NBA puts him in. And then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, Zion goes down after a clean block hard on his back, and basically ends up with a bruised butt, I think is is what this is. It's a posterior hip contusion officially, but he bruised his butt. And it's probably pretty painful because that was a hard, hard, hard fall to the point where in a close game, he didn't go back in. And going into the fourth quarter, New Orleans really found themselves down. They were on the back foot all game long as the Utah Jazz and their size neutralized a lot of the advantages the Pelicans had. The rebounding... Pretty much even. 44 for the Jazz, 45 for New Orleans. 15 offensive boards for the Jazz, 14 for New Orleans. This was a heavyweight fight of teams with, at times, different play styles, really taking big swings at one another. And at one point, the Pelicans found themselves down by as many as 15 in the second half. But going into the fourth quarter, without Zion, without C.J. McCollum at this point, because Zion in the fourth played a little bit, but was largely ineffective during that time after the injury, finishing with just one point, by the way, in the fourth quarter. The Pelicans went small. Valanchunas, who was the hero for the Pelicans in Friday night's win over the Charlotte Hornets, and we're not even going to really touch on that game right now, was fighting this game hard. A hard-fought battle where he just couldn't score inside. He was 2 of 11 from the field. Basically didn't play much in the fourth quarter. And so it came down to small ball. And then C.J. McCollum started to cook. He led to the he led the Pelicans on a 22-3 run, finished with 9 points in the fourth on 4 of 6 shooting. That small ball lineup and in particular the small ball pick and roll with him and Larry Nance Jr was really effective. You also throw Trey Murphy into that mix to hit a couple of threes, he hit two and just do what he needed to do. He finished with 9 points in the fourth and they managed to tie the game up, send it to overtime where 
We'll get into the refs in a minute because we do need to talk about them. Things just didn't go the way New Orleans would have wanted. But again, down Zion, down B.I., with an ineffective Jonas Valanciunas, to have the game go to overtime and only lose by one, in a sense, it's a little bit of a win. And if New Orleans is finding success with the small ball lineup, it's worth it. The The loss sucks. It would be nice to be 3-0, and but 2-1 and with a much better start than last year and seeing the fight that this team has, you should feel really, really good about that if you're a Pelicans fan. We've wondered where their small ball lineup's going to come from. Is it with Trey Murphy at the five? And in this game while he was out in the small ball lineup, it's Larry Nance Jr. at the five. That's your small ball center. We learned that in this game. We've learned that from the past two games, and it seemed like it was going to be that way all season long. But with Larry Nance Jr. playing the five, things opened up. CJ had a lot of space. And as that game went on, as the fourth quarter went on, you saw that pick and roll between them creating a little bit of space for CJ McCollum because Larry Nance Jr. being kind of shifty down low, rolling, really being a threat that way, and then once CJ started heating up, he started drawing those defenders out. And then late in the fourth, you finally saw him hit Larry Nance Jr. as a sh- on a short roll for an easy bucket that kept this team in it. This was worth the loss to figure out that you have this kind of fight in you, that you have that kind of lineup that can be effective during all of this. Also of note, that lineup also featured Jose Alvarado, the small ball lineup that really worked for New Orleans. Jose Alvarado I have the stats here in front of me. C.J. McCollum, Trey Murphy, Larry Nance Jr., and it's it's a couple of different guys that really rounded that up, but mainly just Herb Jones doing that job uh, as the other guy. That worked. You saw Devontae Graham minutes in this one that weren't particularly great, and the Devontae Graham-C.J. lineup just isn't there enough defensively. But when you put Jose Alvarado in that as kind of that other point guard to steady the offense, to play a lot of defense, and he was key in the fourth quarter, right? He had a couple of plays that forced turnovers, different things like that, that got New Orleans in fast break opportunities, got him down the court for an easy bucket. He hit a shot himself that was very key, just settled that offense down with C.J. McCollum's shot making, Larry Nance Jr. being able to go out there and rebound and do everything they needed to. And in the fourth quarter, you saw them get the rebounding advantage finally over the Utah Jazz, 13-19, to forced the Jazz into missing their shots while they went out and scored. Things started to break well for New Orleans, and it's C.J. McCollum. And this is why they signed him to an extension. I know there were some people that didn't like that, But when you saw his play in the fourth quarter and overtime too, where he was just as important, right? Even though New Orleans did not get a friendly whistle during that period, but he had six of their 11 points in overtime. If you didn't think that was a good extension for CJ McCollum or you didn't like it, New Orleans gets run out the building, run out of the Smoothie King Center without him in this game. We, we, I joked in the short I did last uh, on Friday that maybe it's a big four with Jonas Valanciunas, but he did not play like that in this game. And the size and length of the Jazz bothered him. But when you have guys that can move and with a lot of athleticism like Larry Nance Jr., that's an important thing. Being able to get stops, being able to defend out in space, particularly against bigs that can shoot the three and are pretty mobile in Olnick and Marketing, among and in, in other guys for the Utah Jazz, That's pretty important. Vanderbilt's the other one that I was thinking of right there. You needed a guy like Larry Nance Jr. You needed CJ hitting these shots. That was a lineup that worked. Small ball lineup. There's something there. And this probably isn't even the most optimal version of that. Imagine if you also had a guy like, I don't know, Zion Williamson out there healthy, making all of those plays and being able to kind of be the draw that he was because he was a focal point 
a focal point of what was going on with the Jazz defense. We'll get into that and the injuries to Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson and what we expect from them coming up on Tuesday because they have a big game, national TV game, against the Dallas Mavericks. That's coming up next, and then we'll get into the rotation. I want to share some insight after talking to people at the game today, including some of the coaches. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Tonight, I'm taking Luka Doncic to score less than 26.5 points. I'm going to do that on Tuesday. LeBron to have more than 7.5 rebounds, though the Lakers lose, and Durant to have less than 6.5 assists. I love prize picks because daily fantasy made easy. You see all of the numbers out there and you just pick more that more or less than what their prize picks projection is. You pick two to five players and you also can win 10 times on any entry. You're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections. You're a smart NBA fan. You have an idea of what these guys are going to be able to do. Prize picks lets you get in on that. And Price Picks offers projections on any sport you watch. NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL. They can get into cricket, disc golf, whatever it is you might be interested in. And entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. They also offer safe and fast withdrawals. And they're currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On if you deposit one 100 prize picks will give you 100 if you deposit 50 they will give you 50 don't forget enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 and thank you for making locked on pelicans your first listen today and every day we're here monday through friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know about this team now for your second listen game to game nba every moment every top performance every result locked on game to game covers Every game from across the NBA with local analysis only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. So let's get into something that we've talked about over the years all too often. Injuries to the Pelicans. This was unfortunate is probably the best way to put it. This feels like the Pelican season has actually started. I'm saying that as a joke because humor is the best way to prevent you from crying, maybe. So Zion, uh, let's let's start with Zion, because I think that's probably the bigger of the two injuries. Zion, in the fourth quarter, on a fast break, is getting downhill, about to score, really go up for a dunk, and it's a clean block by the Utah Jazz, and he just falls hard, falls on his butt, and it is now officially a posterior hip contusion. He was in the game for about six more seconds, basically one other play before they subbed him out, sat him down on the bench. The good news from this is, because we don't have a ton of updated information on this, is that Zion didn't want to go to the locker room. They checked to see if he did want to go, and he seemed to wave off the team officials that were trying to get him to go to the locker room. I hope that means nothing's broken. If it was truly that bad, it feels like he would have gone, and it seems like maybe he wanted to go back into the game. But that didn't end up happening, and Willie Green said after the game that he was told he was not allowed to sub Zion back in. I would presume that's from the team, the medical staff, what have you. It's just an unfortunate situation that that injury came. He was not having, at times, the best game, though he still finished, despite not finishing the game, with a pretty good stat line on 25 points on 16 shots. He was 10 of 16, did have four turnovers, 
But you could see the Utah Jazz really wanted to take him away. And anytime he got the ball, there were two or three guys there. And then they started getting him going in the second half. And so the injury came kind of as he was hitting his stride and about to take over the matchup. But my goodness, does he not get a friendly whistle from the refs right now? Over three games, I think he's gone to the line just 14 times, and that feels kind of low. And the refs in this one seem to really not call the game even close to in the favor of the Pelicans, especially when you look at the fourth quarter, by the way. Sorry, not the fourth quarter, overtime. Overtime, where the Jazz had zero personal fouls and the Pelicans had four. But we don't need to spend too much time yelling at the refs. Though, please let me know in the comments down below if you thought they did a bad job in this one. But Zion was just getting going, has this injury. We'll see. They tend to be very cautious and conservative when it comes to Zion and injuries. So I would not be shocked if he's okay, but they just said it's the third game of the season. If we lose this, it's fine. We're not going to risk putting Zion back out there. First couple of plays after the injury, if you watched him on the bench, you know, when the Pelicans did something good, he didn't get up and cheer. And that concerned me a little bit because he's been pretty active on the bench when he's not in the game. But then you saw him up and doing things after the fact. So we'll, we'll wait and see. We'll probably get an update today, tomorrow, depending on when you're listening to this. The more long-term concern could be for Brandon Ingram, who took a shot to the face from Najee Marshall. It was a complete accident. Seemed to be favoring his eye. Came, checked himself out of the game. They seemed like they were working on his face. I think he had a nosebleed from that injury because they plugged his nose up, his left nostril, right nostril, I can't remember now. And he went back in the game, then was in the game for all of about 20 seconds before checked himself out, and then they went to the locker room. They said it is a head injury. They were evaluating him for concussion symptoms. They didn't give us an update after the game. I don't know when we will get something like that. That could be a concern as it seems like it could keep him out a little bit longer. Just kind of one of those freak plays, but BI is pretty tough. You know, injuries tend to affect him, I think, a little bit worse than some other guys. But if he's healthy, I have no doubt he'll really want to play. But just disappointed to see both those guys leave in the same game after an offseason of, you know, a couple questions about their health. And then they seemed healthy, looking good the first two games for this to come up. But I guess it's also more credit to CJ McCollum for what he was able to pull off with those two guys on the bench. I don't know if we'll see, and this is like really early. It's 10 p.m. as I'm recording this on Sunday night. I don't know if we'll see Brandon Ingram on Tuesday. I think we'll probably see Zion. I wonder if that's just being overly cautious after a fall that was pretty violent looking, even if it was a clean play overall. But oh, the Pelicans and the refs, they, are, uh, they have no idea how to officiate Zion. That's a segment for another day. We'll see if that keeps up, and that's something we'll have to talk about in the future. But right now, I'd be willing to bet, and this is my just initial guess, and I am not a doctor whatsoever, that we probably won't see B.I. on Tuesday. We will see Zion, but that's just an early guess kind of based on my, you know, not doctor-ish evaluation. So coming up, I want to get into the rotations. Hot topic. Are you happy with them? Are you not? But I want to kind of explain what's going on and why Willie Green is doing some of the things that he is doing. That's next here in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by BetOnline.net. 
Bet Online, your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. So you can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, analysis on every single game. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information. Live in-game betting, if you thought the Pelicans were going to come back and win that one, or even just get it to overtime in the fourth quarter, you could have bet it with updated odds. And they would have been in your favor, and you would have won. Plus, they have up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. So it's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including the MLB postseason, NFL, and of course the NBA. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action happening over at betonline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday, completely free. No one else coming to you like this. And now for your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So the Pelicans and their rotations. This was... There was a lot made about this on Twitter, and I think it's a little overblown for the second or third game of the season to really be worrying about this. But I get where a lot of people are coming from. And in the NBA, ideally what you want to be doing is running a nine or 10 man rotation. You can't always do that. And things are going to change on a game by game basis, depending on what's happening. But nine or 10 guys is probably about what you want to do. But there are some Not hard and fast rules, but there's things you really want to stick to. And so I talked to a number of people in the arena, including some of the Pelicans coaches about this before the game on Sunday night to kind of get a sense of why are they playing all of these guys? And when you look at it, they're playing 10 guys. They're playing 10 guys right now if this team is healthy. Brandon Ingram, CJ, Zion, Herb, JV, Trey Murphy, Larry Nance Jr., Jose Alvarado, Devontae Graham, and Najee Marshall. Eight of those I don't think anyone has a problem with. It's the Devontae Graham and Najee Marshall minutes that people seem to be a little bit concerned about, right? So here's the thing with that. It's, and I talked about this on the show the other day, and this is why it's helpful to be able to talk to people who know more about basketball than I do and kind of hear it from them and then be able to explain that to you on a show like this. It's not always as simple as, okay, Devontae Graham is averaging 13 minutes per game. He and Najee Marshall are averaging 13 going into this game against the Utah Jazz and say, take six minutes from Devontae Graham, give him seven minutes per game and give those six minutes to Trey Murphy so that you get him closer to 30 minutes per game. There's a certain amount of minutes you almost have to play a guy that either will upset them if they're playing less than that, or they just don't operate effectively. You know, Devontae Graham is playing 13 minutes. You're looking at about, say, two seven-minute stints. I think that's fair to say. Same for Najee Marshall. You know, if you take six minutes away from them and they're getting eight minutes per game, let's say, and they're playing two four-minute stints, can you really do much? Is that an effective use of that player's time? Or at that point, should you just cut them from the rotation entirely? And this goes back to something that the Pelicans really learned when it came to Drew Holiday. He played well in eight-minute like bits, spurts, stints, however you want to look at it. And any minute he played over that, it really went down, but he was good for those eight minutes. But you also need to get guys warmed up and in the flow of the game. So playing a guy for two minutes, three minutes, four minutes at a time doesn't really accomplish a whole lot other than putting a body out there on the court. And if that's the minimum you're going to play him for, well, then you should just cut him from the rotation entirely. 
And maybe you could argue that's what they should be doing for Devontae Graham and Najee Marshall, though I think Najee Marshall's minutes have actually been really good. Devontae Graham less so. But either you cut them or you've got to leave their minutes where it is. You can't really reduce their minutes much. So it's either a zero or kind of at the minimum 15 for the way they like to use guys. And Zion and the way they're using him, which is kind of in three to four spurts over the game right now. Brandon Ingram plays three spurts. Starts the game, you end the the first half, start of the second half, then end the fourth. Is playing in kind of three runs. Zion's kind of going to three, closer to four with the way they're using him, which means you have to run through more guys. And if you're going to put them on the court, you got to leave them kind of out there for a minimum amount of time. So you could claim that they should just cut those minutes. Devontae Graham and Najee Marshall, you have 26 more minutes to give around. You could give eight of those to Trey Murphy. You could give more of those minutes to Larry Nance Jr. Maybe even Jose Alvarado is playing a little over 15 per game right now. That's fine. But I don't know if you need to be running totally just a pure nine-man rotation at the start of the season, particularly in a game where you blew out the Brooklyn Nets. You came back to win and took over late in the fourth, took over in that game against the Charlotte Hornets and had a tough matchup with injuries to the Utah Jazz. Guys are going to go down. Injuries are going to come up. Maybe it's better that Najee Marshall has had some run in those first two games so that he was ready to go in this game. And I thought his minutes in this game were overall pretty good. So I see why he's Willie Green is running a 10-man rotation right now. I don't think you need to do this over the course of the whole season. But I think right now, that seems probably about right for what the Pelicans need. And as the rotation in the team stays healthy, let's say, tightens up everything, the rotation tight tightens up. You give more minutes to your best guys when you kind of hit the, the real stretch of the season, which will be coming up soon enough. But it's still so early, there's no risk in burning guys out, particularly after Brandon Ingram played 38, 39 minutes, 37, 38 minutes against the Charlotte Hornets. So keeping those guys out there, getting them some run to be ready to play when their number's called and it was called in this game, I don't think is the worst thing. You want to get down to nine or ten guys. Cutting one of those, probably more Devontae Graham than anyone else, is maybe the way to go eventually. We're just not there yet. So it's something to keep an eye on, but not something that is like full five-alarm panic just yet. And if these injuries to Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson do linger longer... You're going to be glad those guys played over the first two, three games than had they not. So overall, I think Willie Green is doing a fine job with the rotation. And if this becomes a problem throughout the season, if it's game 30, 40, 50, and he's still running 11 guys out there, I'm going to probably not love that. But right now, I do think it's okay. So more to come tomorrow. I want to look at the defense over these first three games because they did struggle in this Utah Jazz game. We'll get into that and break that down a little bit more and get you set for the upcoming game against Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nolan Jake on Twitter. Subscribe to Lockdown Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts. Hope you enjoyed the overtime game if you were there in the Smoothie King Center. It was loud. It was like a playoff game in there. It was a lot of fun. And as always, we'll be back with you all tomorrow.